What's up, guys? You're listening to Confessions of a Gym Rat, getting you through the 9 to 5 as healthily and happily as possible. Happy Monday, guys. I'm just trying to get my, my bearings straight here. My hair is still kind of wet from the shower, but um, it's okay. It's okay. We're doing okay. Uh, yeah, so it's Monday again, which is I'm recording this on a Thursday, so it's always kind of hard, like, putting myself in the Monday attitude when it's just not Monday for me. I normally record on Saturdays, but I'm going to Philly this weekend and I had off on Thursday. So that's what we're doing. It's been a, it's been an exciting week for me. Let me just fix my microphone here. I have, I had this thought. I should preface by saying I'm the type of person where I'm always taking on something new. I just want to be as well-rounded as possible I have a million interests, you know, it's like growing up, I learned how to play instruments, but I wanted to do sports and I would draw and paint and read and write and learn how to knit and just, just take everything in under my, under my arms as much as I could. So I had this thought, I was listening to Bad Bunny in the car, my headphones in, my dad's driving. I have Titi Me Pregunto on repeat. And I was like, huh. You know, I really wish that I understood a, a single word that Bad Bunny was saying in any of his songs. And I do know a little bit. Like, I was kind of able to figure out what Titi Me Pregunto meant. I wasn't 100% sure, so I checked on Google Translate. Google Translate was giving me something way off, which made me doubt myself even more. So then I texted my friend who is bilingual and he was like, no, it means like auntie asked me. So there's some words I know, like I know like there's a mucha novia in there. That's many girlfriends, but I don't understand. Like he speaks so fast and people that are fluent in the language do that. It just, it, it doesn't really come in reading it. Maybe I can get here and there anyway. So that's what started this. And then I was like, you know, being bilingual is really cool. I have a lot of friends that are bilingual or that could speak like a decent amount of a different language, mostly Spanish, I guess. But I was like, damn, I'm not bilingual at all. I know bits and pieces of Spanish, but it would be really cool for me to know one of the languages of my ethnicity. And that leaves me two options. We have Italian, very close to Spanish, or Mandarin, one of the literal hardest languages to learn, read, and write. So I said, yeah, I'm going to learn Italian because we're just, I, I even told my dad was like, do you want to learn Mandarin? And I was like, nope, no, I do not. You teach me the words that I need to know. I've never had to use it before. Um, my brain, that's too much for me to tackle. Maybe once I get Italian under my belt, but I don't, I just don't think I'm ready for Mandarin. I will stick to Latin based languages. Um, so I did my thing. And by that, I mean, I downloaded Duolingo. Great app, great app. In my opinion, you know, it's like (sighs) Italian and Spanish are close in a sense where they're both Latin based languages. So some words overlap and there's similar rules, like the feminine words and the masculine words with like the O and the A and making sure that like the verbs match up with the subject. Is that what? Is that what it's called? I don't know. Don't, don't ask me about grammar, but, um, 
what I like about Duolingo, and I haven't really, I haven't tried any other apps or sources, so I can't really compare it to anything, but it's like a game. And I like that. That's very appealing to me. You know, there's things you can unlock, points you can um, collect, like leagues you can be in. And I'm very competitive in that sense. And y'all know that I have a sickening habit of spending way too much time on Candy Crush. So I said, you know what, let me use like the time that I spend on like my iPad, my phone, like just doing whatever, learning another language so I can build my skills as a human being. Um, so I'm, I'm, what am, what is this? This is Thursday. I started Sunday. I'm like five days in right now. So far, it's very similar to Spanish class where you, I don't know if you guys remember for some reason I do when I was in third grade and we, and we started Spanish, it was like, you don't, they don't sit you down and they're like, this is how you say hello. This is how you, like, they don't sit you necessarily through the essentials. It's like, okay, let's start in a unit and we're going to go over this unit together. And then you build on it from there. So I started in a coffee shop. It was learning how to say like a coffee, the coffee, I have a coffee, uh, stuff like that. And just getting used to some words like around a coffee shop. Um, I guess the theme is like, if it's travel based, like if I were going, going to Italy, like the things I would, I would need to know to, to get around. And then as the units progress, it was like, okay, now you know how to say, I am so-and-so. How do you say my name is so-and-so, or he is so-and-so, or he has the difference between have, has, there, like all that kind of stuff. So we're building on top of each other. I'm in, I'm in intro to Italian, so we're still taking it slow, but I've progressed onto section five and I'm liking it. I'm liking it so far. It's just, I get a little, like when I go to type something, I have to remember like, oh, it's not L, it's il. It, it Like the little things that are so close to Spanish, but they're different. And, the, and, and like, you have is tu hay, but in Spanish, it's tu tiene or whatever the Spanish, you know what I mean. It's, it, you know what I mean. Close enough if, if that wasn't right. So I go, there, there's been times where I go to say the Spanish word and then I'm like, oh, different language. We're rewiring the brain. So I will check back in a few, I'll check back every week. You know, I'll do that. I'll check in with you guys, hold myself accountable, show off my Italian skills. You guys can learn and grow with me, but I'll start off really easy. I will tell you that my name is Liz and I want a coffee. Ready? Okay. I'll say hi. I'll say hi, my name is Liz. No, wait, now I'm nervous. Now that, now that like the camera's rolling, I'm nervous. Okay, okay. Ciao. Mike amo Liz. Quiero un café. Por favor. Por favor. God damn it. I just messed up. Per favore. That's what I mean. Like in Spanish, it's por favor. Thank you. Por favor. In Italian, it's per favore. Okay, I was, oh, I was, let's rewind. Hold on. Ciao. Mike amo a Liz. Quiero un café. Per favore. Boom. Perfect. I think the first time I said it, I said S, like 
Me amo es, because that's another thing. Is in Spanish is s, is in Italian is eh. So whatever, whatever. That was good. I'm proud of myself. We're one week in. And just so you know, so I called my grandpa before I before I finish the Italian talk. Let's let's get this out on the table. Called my grandpa this week. Little little information on my grandpa. He is 86 years old, but he's rocking and rolling. His name is Carmine. Carmine Pasquale. Need I say, this is an Italian man. Brooklyn, Brooklyn born, like as, as basic as it gets here in America. Little, little Carmine at the ripe, ripe age of five went off to kindergarten and didn't know a lick of English because his parents were from Italy and they didn't know English. So when Carmine pop, popped on out of the womb, he learned how to speak Italian, not English. My grandfather refused, screamed, kicked, cried, refused to go to kindergarten because he was so stressed out as a five-year-old from not knowing the language. He actually pulled himself out of kindergarten and waited, went a year later when he knew English. So Italian's my grandpa's first language. He hasn't really had to use it in a while, but then him and my grandmother went to Italy a few years ago and he said it like it just all came back to him. So I call him and I go, Grandpa, I have to speak loud because, you know, all hearing. And he's like, what? I'm like, just wanted to call and tell you that I'm learning Italian. And he's like, oh, yeah? How do you say grandpa? And for a second, for a second, I was like, ooh, we didn't learn that one yet. And then I was like, oh, wait, I know that one. I just know that one. It's no, no. And he goes, no, no. It's not no, no. It's a no, no. And I said, oh, God, uh, Grandpa, I'm so sorry. And he was like, yeah, it's no, no. You got to pronounce it right. I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, anyway, so I can tell you that I'm Liz. And, and he was impressed. He, taught, he encouraged me, which is great because sometimes he could be a little sour old man, but I think I impressed him. And I'm going to call him now and update him and give him something to look forward to. Plus, I should probably talk to him more often than I do, but... That's my Italian story. Uh, I'm going to keep updating you guys so I hold myself accountable and so I don't embarrass myself in front of old, old Carmine anymore. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. So I wrote down on a piece of post-it note, very classy of me, the things that I wanted to talk to you guys about. And, you know, last week I came in here really, really fired on up about the Jonas Brothers. I told you guys... They're doing a five-day residency in a Broadway theater the week that I'm going to be in L.A. And I was, I was gutted by this news. But then I listened to Tooks in the Office this week, and they had brought something to my attention that I didn't even realize. You guys remember a few months ago with the whole Eras tour debacle and Ticketmaster. I think that even if you weren't directly involved or you weren't, you didn't listen to the episode and hear me talk about it, you know what happened. And in summary, it was the biggest shit show I've ever seen. Ever seen. That stressed me out. Went on a rant about that. I think like two weeks later, I went on a rant about how Ticketmaster fucked up Morgan Wallen for me, but I ended up getting tickets, so it's fine. But I've proclaimed that we are an anti-Ticketmaster podcast and that I am just so done with Ticketmaster and I love how like 
Taylor Swift was such a shit show, and they've continued to change absolutely nothing about their process. I didn't, I, you know what? I did put this together. It was a thought in my head where I was like, you know, they're doing this at a Broadway theater. If you've never been, Broadway theaters are pretty intimate. You know, it's like, I've never, I've sat in all different places. Sure, there's better seats than other, but there's none that are terrible. You know, there's no nosebleeds in a Broadway theater. It's like two levels. It could fit, what, 1,600 people max? Apparently, t- Ticketmaster had tweeted out. I, I can't directly quote them, so I'm, I'm probably going to misquote this because I uh, don't have it up in front of me, but they were basically like, Jonas Brothers fans, be prepared. This is going to be a madhouse. And I love that they're acknowledging it, but again, changing nothing about it. Like, if you know it's going to be a madhouse, like, why don't we sit down and have a little meeting? and try and figure out what to do here about this. But you got to think about it. In New York City. In New York City alone, there's a crap ton of people. But you're going to have people coming in from Jersey, from Connecticut, from PA, you know? Like, who knows? Like, there's Jonas Brothers fans everywhere. I know, I understand they're doing five nights. But 1,600 seats? I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess the theater's around 1,600. Not a lot of seats. Not a lot of seats. I also don't know how it would work with like, okay, what if I wanted to go on night one and I wanted to see the Jonas Brothers album being played, but then that sold out. Do I get to choose a different night? Like, I don't really know how all that's going to work. And I'm, I honestly got a little bit stressed thinking about it. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise that I'm not going to be here. So I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to get stressed out about it. I don't have to get disappointed if I don't get tickets to it. It's just, and also there's nothing I could do about it. Like I'm literally not going to be here. So I just have to look at it on, on the bright side or I will cry tears out of my brain. So that's out of my brain, out of my eyes. Sometimes I get like, I get on here and things just come out of my mouth and I'm like, Liz, you are an intelligent person, but why do you, look, why do you just never sound like you are? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, so that's the way I'm looking at the Jonas Brothers blessing in disguise. But moving on from that, I'm done. I'm done talking about that. I told you guys last week I was going to get around to Grey's Anatomy because I, I just, I was too consumed with Outer Banks, which we'll get to. We'll get to that. I was too consumed with Outer Banks that I forgot to watch Grey's Anatomy, but I did. And I said I would before I came back here and I would give my thoughts Um, like I said, like I predicted, I don't have too, too much to say about it. It seems like Meredith's not really gone. I think if she was going to be like done, done, they would have done something like when she left the hospital, they would have done flashbacks. And to be honest, I was preparing for that. And I started crying and I cried prematurely. (laughs) I made my, the show didn't make me cry. I made me cry. She was, they have this scene. This isn't really spoiling anything because it's in every commercial for the show. They have a scene where they get her a cake and it's like a going away thing. And she's looking around. And as she's looking around, I was like, oh, get ready, Liz. Like they're going to play a montage of flashbacks from the last 19 years. So then I started thinking about young Meredith and, Meredith before she was with Derek and 
Izzy and George, and then she's with Derek, and then the shooting, and then the plane crash, and Arizona, and Mark, and Lexi, and I, tears streaming down my face, just thinking about everything that's gone on there, and the fact that Derek's dead. And then the scene ended, and I was like, oh, they didn't do any of that. I I made myself cry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it really doesn't seem like Mer- Meredith's going to be gone, gone. I think she's just like taking, I think Ellen Pompeo is just taking a backseat on the role, but I hope she still narrates at least for the rest of the season. Just Grey's Anatomy is just like, it's not what it was, man. Even Amelia, like Amelia's just turned down a weird path. <sighs> I miss Alex. It's just not. I miss Lexi. It's just not the same. It's not the same. Yet I feel like I've come so far I can't stop watching. But I miss it. Oh, God. Now I'm reminiscing. Anyway, so that was that. That was Grey's Anatomy. Um, The Last of Us. Let's get into The Last of Us before I forget. Episode, what were we on? Seven. Little slow. Little slow until the end. Bella Ramsey. Her best episode yet. Her her best episode yet. She does an unmatchable job of encompassing Ellie. She goes from being a badass, untouchable, punching people in the face, holding guns, like holding her own, defending herself in this world. And then a split second later reverts back to being a young child, girl, who loves things like pun books and stuff. And the way that she's able to transition and show both sides, she deserves every award possible for this role. She is just, that girl is one heck of a dang actress, you know? So I had a little, uh, I had a sense of anticipation the whole episode. I was like, it's going to come. There's going to be an infected. I know there is, but damn, when that moment came, that scene was tough. It was like, the whole episode was kind of slow and like you knew it was going to be because it was a backstory. But goddamn. First of all, I guess that's how Ellie gets bit. Like we see her get bit. But the fact that it bit. Oh God, I'm forgetting the girl's name. Whoever Storm Reed played. I'm forgetting her name, but whatever. You know what I'm talking about. The friend. That's tough. It's like a death. It's basically a death sentence. And I mean, we know what happens to Ellie because we know, but. That was tough. And the way that she reacted in that scene the, and, and the way that Bella Ramsey played it was, was such a good scene. Such a good scene. And we see that there's hope for Joel, which I kind of knew there was. Wasn't sure how she was going to go about doing it. But, um, yeah, there we go. I had to close my eyes at that point. I can deal with, like, listen, I watched all of Grey's Anatomy. Stitches, though, can't can't do them. When there's stitches, I, I got to look away. It's something about it. Like the fact that it's sewing, like you could sew clothes, but in human skin really makes me want to cringe out of my skin. So couldn't look at that part, but it looks like Joel's going to be okay. And 
that's what I needed. So fine. So fine. So be it. Um, excited to see next week, but I'm also getting nervous. Like as the weeks go on, I'm like, oh, we're getting closer to the end of the season. I don't want it to be the end of the season. And if the season's going to end, like, let's go to move on with House of Dragon, please. But another great episode. I know people have been complaining like, oh, slow, but it's necessary information. It's needed. And I thought that the ending was worth the slowness. That last scene, my, my jaw physically dropped. I knew it was going to come, but it still had me locked in. So I give it, I, I liked the episode. But that's it for TV for the week. I want to save my, the rest of my thoughts for the Outer Banks recap because I've got, I've got words, I've got notes, I've got questions that need to be answered. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that when we get to that. One thing I did want to bring up before it, before it slips my little noggin, I am going to be doing my first ever meet and greet. I'm excited, but also nervous at Kingdom in New Jersey. It's in uh, Morganville, New Jersey. So if you're in the area, if you're in driving distance, please come see me. It'll be on March 25th. I don't have like the times worked out yet, but what's going to happen is I'm going to have tickets for sale and they're going to be super, like super cheap, like $10 or something. And the ticket will basically be, it's not going to me, it'll be going to the gym. And that's basically like your entrance fee. Like you can work out, you can hang out all day. It's like your little day pass. And I don't know if you guys have been to a lot of gyms, um, and done day passes, but day passes are like, like 25 to $30. So like kind of a scam. Um, but I will be doing that the weekend of the 25th at kingdom. So pay attention for all my announcements and posting and stuff, but I really want to meet you guys, um, and talk to you guys and like actually get to know you on a personal level. So I'm super, super excited about that. I, I, I finalized things. Like I set it out there. We made a plan today. Um, I hung around probably, but I think I hung around for like a solid hour, like over an hour at the gym after I finished my workout today. And let me tell you, it is a shame that we did not have microphones on and cameras rolling the entire conversation we have. I don't, I, I don't even know how it started. It started, I go, I don't even know how it started. Actually, it started, no. I'm just going to work through my brain here. It started because one of my friends at the gym asked me about like, you know, working full time and we were talking about that stuff. And then he, we went down this path of like, philosophies and mottos and like if you could dream it you could believe it like type stuff we got so existential my head was going to fall off of my neck I shit you not but something was brought to my attention today that I didn't know maybe you guys just knew this I know me and John the owner of the gym he didn't know so I'm not the only idiot on this earth so one of, one of my friends that I was talking to at the gym brought up that he is not so sure that the earth is round. He said, hey, you know, it, it, it could be flat. I've had pilot friends tell me they've seen things and it's flat. And I was like, dude, when you're in, in a plane, like you can't see everything. Like what about the pictures from space? Like 
all that stuff. And then that went into the whole, like, well, why haven't we been back in space? Why haven't we been to the moon? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. I don't work for NASA. Don't ask me. I don't know. Um, but we started to get into this whole earth flat round thing. And John said, okay, if the earth's flat, where's the end? Like, like where are the edges of it? There's gotta be four edges. And my friend said, well, you can't see them because we're not allowed to go to Antarctica. And I was like, all right, pause. First of all, Antarctica can't be all four corners of the earth and the whole perimeter. And he said, no, there's apparently conspiracy theories that Antarctica, the, the, the map that we know of the earth is a lie and that Antarctica actually surrounds the border of this flat earth. And I was like, well, then why haven't we seen it? Like, why hasn't anyone seen it? Like, we have pictures. And he said, which I did not know, you cannot fly over Antarctica. You cannot go to Antarctica. Apparently, it's like multiple nations have signed like a like a peace treaty or something. And it's like, it's forbidden land. Like, you can, people have tried to fly over it and they get sent right back. You get, like, I guess air marshals or whatever. You can't go there. You can't go there at all. I didn't know that. And I said, that's suspicious. Those are the exact words that came out of my mouth. I said, that is very suspicious. I got to look it up. Or if anyone knows, like, please tell me in the comments. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm curious now. I don't normally like to get into these whole things because I'm like, why am I going to worry if the earth is flat around? What does it matter to me? Why am I going to stress myself out about that? Like I, either way I'm here, I'm living another day. I don't give a shit if the earth is flat around. I don't give a shit, but you get me on the conspiracy theories. I, there, there are some things that I just don't like, why can't we fly over Antarctica? What's there? Are we protecting it? Because I'm going to assume, and this is based, like, I haven't looked anything up. Just making that clear. I'm going to assume that it has something to do with, like, preserving nature and the polar bears and the penguins are, like, endangered and, like, making sure the ice caps don't melt. But I, I don't know, man. It's, it's real suspicious. And I got to look, I got to look farther into it because I, I'm not going to be able to rest but we got into, we just got into it today. This whole, like, we're talking about time and who created time. Like, time is just a man-made concept. And then I, personally, a question that always breaches my mind is, who the fuck thought of the alphabet? And how did they decide, okay, yeah, everyone's going to use this alphabet. That's it. And I know different countries use, like, different symbols and whatever, but... Let's say you're speaking Spanish, you're speaking Italian, you're speaking English. The letters are, are the same. You know, there's A, B, C, D. Some of them have different accents and tildes and whatever. But who said, yes, A is going to be A and B is going to be B and C is going to be C. And we created this language, let, let's say Latin, and now we're going to create a different language that's sort of similar to Latin and everywhere it's going to translate and we're going to figure out the translations like why did multiple people start languages at different times and then somehow they combined because if not 
why didn't we all just speak the same language? And who decided what letters were, what they meant, who created words? And now my brain, now my brain's going to explode. My brain's going to explode thinking about who were the first people to communicate and how they did so. And, and this is why I can't worry about these things. Otherwise, it drives me insane. And I, it's just sometimes you're better off just not thinking about it. But when you do, it's, it'll kill you. It'll kill you. But I probably just gave you a headache talking about that. So I'm going to leave this intro off with a funny story, something, something enlightening. Something, not enlightening, something a little light before we get into this week's episode. (sighs) This is a story for y'all. I went out to dinner this week with my friend, my old roommate from school. We sit down, you know, she's dressed nice, I'm dressed nice. I like, you guys know me, I like a little fashion statement. I got this leather jacket on, it's got some rhinestones dangling down. Feeling great. We order some drinks. We get some dinner. We're finishing up our salads. The waitress comes over. And she's like, I know this is weird. This is super fucking weird. But the guy behind me in the purple shirt bought you this drink. I'm like, oh, thanks. Like, I'm like, that's ah, not that weird, whatever. She's like, all right. So she gives me the drink. And she moves away. And I see the guy in the purple shirt. And I'm like, ooh. This guy in the purple shirt kind of looks like he hasn't talked to a lady before, but we're just going to roll with it. So I drink my drink. My friend's like, you know what? I'll get one. I'll I'll, I'll get another drink too. You can give me a glass of wine. So the waitress comes over, brings her a glass of wine and was like, okay, I'm so sorry for intruding on your personal space, but do you have a boyfriend? And I said, why? And he's, she said, well, He was like, I'm going to go over and talk to her. And I said, you know what? That might not be a good idea. Like, she might have a boyfriend. Like, let me find out. So I looked at her and said, as far as he knows, I have a boyfriend. And she was like, yep, got it. Good. So she she walks away or whatever. My friend gets her drink. My friend goes to go to the bathroom. And I see her talking to the waitress. I'm like, what are they talking about? And then she comes back from the bathroom. So I was like, yo, what did the, what did the waitress say to you? She's like, ow, she, she told me to like be careful and watch out because that guy was like, I want to ask them to come to my Airbnb. And his Airbnb is in like Mexico. And I was like, dude, what? And she's like, I have no idea. And I was like, okay, that's fucking weird. So then another waitress comes up and she's like, dude, run. She's like, this shit is weird. Like, he wants to invite you guys to his Airbnb. Like, it's freaking weird. Drops the receipt that I guess he had told her to give us, which was like his receipt that he signed on the back with his Instagram handle. And in parentheses, it said, come to my Airbnb. Smiley face. I looked at the note and the waitress was like, I I just, I don't know. He starts to walk over. She's like, smile, just smile and nod, smile and nod. So I'm sitting there like, yeah, yeah, like listening to what she's saying, like smiling, like laughing. And he comes over and he's like, what she's trying to say is hi. And he looks at me and goes, I understand you have a boyfriend. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Thank God. She's like, but, you know, I bought you guys some drinks. I was just wondering, you know, you ever want to come down to my Airbnb? 
give you guys 50% off. Come stay, come stay, and walks away. And the waitress is like, bye. And I'm like, okay. So I look at the receipt again, and I'm like, Lane, this is how, like, you get sex traffic. Like, this is so, who, right, come to my Airbnb smiley face. Not a phone number, just an Instagram handle. I was like, this is, like, how we die. Like, like this is, like, if we were dumb, like, this is, like, how we die. So we're laughing. I just, like, took a picture of it. Um, and he was, like, kind of looking in our direction. But, hey, <laughs> we got some stuff paid for. The waitress, we were, said to the waitress, like, we were, like, can we get our check? And then she kind of walked in front of us, and we were, like, you know what? It's, it's time to go. And we beelined out of there because I was, like, I literally said to my friend before, I was like, if we see him get up and go to our, like, follow us out, like, do not go to your car. Like, come back inside. Like, say we forgot something. Um, but no, it all it all worked out well. It turns out, I guess, that guy is just uh, not that good. Not that good with ladies. But, yeah, I thought that was a I, – I, I was like, you know what? These things happen so I could share them on the podcast. That's a first one. You know, I've gotten the number. I've gotten what's your Instagram, what's your Snapchat – you want to come back to my place, like all that stuff. And it's like, no, boring, blah. I've never been invited to somebody's Airbnb via receipt in Mexico. And I was like, you want me to come to your Airbnb and pay 50% now? Like you're trying to traffic me into Airbnb. I'm paying nothing. So just an interesting, you know, it's never, it's never a dull, never a dull day here. But anyway, we do have an exciting episode ahead. I do have a great interview for you guys that I'm super excited for you guys to listen to. We got our little educational piece going to be talking a lot about sets and reps and how the heck do you know what reps to be using? And what what does training till failure mean? And then I'm going to be doing my Outer Banks part three or Outer Banks season three part two recap, which if you are done with the season, I highly encourage you to listen to this. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your theories. I want to hear your opinions because God knows I have a shit ton of mine. So let's get into this week's highlights. I am ready to share you share with you guys this one. I have one. I think like one of the top things I get asked is like questions about clothes I wear, or I get really positive feedback when I share that kind of stuff. So. This week's health and fitness related highlight is actually going to be related to gym clothes rather than like an actual lift or something. But you know what? I think that's a good opportunity to stop and just remember like, I think that investing in gym clothes that you feel good in, even if they're expensive, like investing in it is so worth it for multiple reasons. One, Odds are, I mean, if you're shopping from, I've, I've shopped from Lululemon, Alphalete, uh, Gymshark, like all these places, their stuff does hold up. I haven't really had any faults, you know, like it will last you years. Two, and more importantly, feeling confident and comfortable in your body is so important that for me, it is worth it to buy clothes that I feel comfortable and confident in. Because the gym can be a scary space, you know? And if you're walking in there and you don't feel great or you're looking in the mirror and you're comparing, it's it's hard, you know? You shouldn't, but I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that it's like, 
I go every day without comparing my outfit to what somebody else is wearing in the gym or something like that. You know, it's just, it's not a great habit, but it's human nature. So investing in gym clothes that you feel confident in and comfortable, I think is so worth it. So (laughs) the reason why I'm saying all this is I got some beautiful additions to my collection, my my overgrown collections. Seriously, I don't have space for everything. Um, this past week, and I had to share it with you guys. So Paragon Fitwear is launching their new Valley collection on March 7th. Mark that in your calendars. But I got some pieces early, and I'm absolutely obsessed with them. I think I've worn, oh my gosh, I got two tops, and I've worn them like at least three times in the past week since I've got them. So a, a common complaint that I get about the Lululemon Alliance is that people don't like the front seam. For me personally, the front seam has never bothered me. I don't even realize that it's there. I don't know, but I've heard from people, you know, it feels weird. It sits in a weird place, whatever. Paragon has their sculpt seam leggings. And they look exactly like the Aligns, but they're half the price. They have a little scrunch on the inside of the butt, so it lifts your cheeks up, and no front seam. My favorite pair of leggings. I they're skin tight, like skin tight, like the Aligns, and I just feel so confident and comfortable and happy in these leggings. So I already have the black pair, but I added the blue pair that will be launching on. The 7th, which I think is Tuesday, right? Because this is coming out the 6th. Yeah, Tuesday. Um, I got a navy blue pair and it's just, you can't go wrong. And and, and for the price, plus, you know, my my code, it's in my Instagram bio. I'm not going to plug it here. We'll give you an extra discount. Um, but I did add another pair of leggings to my collection. Best leggings I own. New tank top that they're releasing. It's like a cropped cami. Really cute. I'm more of a, um, like I'm more of a sports bra person when I work out, but I need athleisure clothing for when I'm, I'm running errands and stuff like that, especially in the summer as it starts to get hot out, you know, and it's not super cropped. It's like appropriate cropped. So it pairs perfectly with the leggings. I'm sure that it would look great. You know, you could even wear it with like gym, gym shorts or denim shorts. It's, a very versatile top. And it's one of those that has like the double lining. So there's the lining for like a sports bra and the straps are adjustable. It's also plain. Like the look is just plain. There's nothing fancy to it, which personally I've been a big fan of in the past year, just because I think that there's, uh, there's longevity to those types of pieces. Like they don't go out of style those staple pieces. Anyway, the last two items I got were the same, but in two different colors, one in khaki to match the tank top and one in black because black goes with everything. Short sleeve cropped tops. I have been obsessed with short sleeve crop tops lately. Um, and I'm talking like the skin tight crop tops, great pump cover. First of all, great for Again, if you want to throw it on over your sports bra because you're running errands or something after the gym, looks totally casual and cute. 
Um, and personally, I think it sits on my shoulder caps really nicely. So it kind of accentuates the arms, I won't lie. But again, it's that same silky smooth material, plain, nothing fancy to it. There's no obnoxious branding either, which I really like personally. Um, but I have been dying for Paragon to release something like this because I am just, I'm just obsessed with the short sleeve crop lately. And if you're listening on YouTube, I've attached like pictures so you can see and just get the actual visual, but I've been posting about it. They've been posting about it. Very affordable too. I think as far as gym clothes go, that these are affordable and I, girl, I will run to this launch. I'm just, I couldn't gatekeep these. I am just, I'm obsessed with them. If I could wear these pieces every single day, I would. Maybe I'll wear, see, I could even wear the crop like right now filming my podcast and you guys wouldn't be like, oh, that's a gym shirt. Like it's just, it just, it's versatile. We, I love the versatile pieces. Whew. But that's my health and fitness related highlight. Moving on to non-health and fitness related highlights. I got to I got to give it to the music drops for this week and I couldn't pick just one because there were a few and I want to cover them all. So if you are not interested then fast forward to the next segment. It'll be more worth your while, but it was another exciting week in music this week. By the way, I think I should have mentioned um or I meant to mention, I made a little mental note. I literally just got finished talking about the Jonas Brothers and how I'm glad that I'll avoid what I think will be a shit show. Turns out it was a shit show, the whole Ticketmaster thing. So I'm glad I, I avoided that. You know, this, this little residency just wasn't for me. Anyway, Morgan Wallen, new album. I put on my poll, should I review this album? Like, or I put on my poll, I put on a story, a poll. Should I review this album? Yes or no? I think I got a decent amount of votes for yes, but then I actually listened through it and I just don't feel like reviewing the whole thing. I will say, let me say this. I, do I think it was a good album? Yes. Is it my favorite from him? No. I think that the Dangerous Double album had more hits and the songs were... The songs displayed a bigger variety. There were a few songs. So Morgan does this thing and it makes him stand out and I get why he does it. But he, his albums are long, like, like 36 songs long, somewhere around there. And I just think that some of them were a little too similar to each other where I was like, I could have gone without this one. Like, I think if we scaled back the number... On the album, would it, like he could form just one album of like 15 really good songs. I, like there was just a few, I can't even really name them, but a little too many on the like, I'm sad and heartbroken, so I drink whiskey. It's like, I know that that's his thing, but there was a few where I was like, I feel like this is the same thing. However, there are many songs that I loved on it. Every single that he released beforehand was phenomenal. Last night, everything I love, one thing at a time, you proof. I don't think Jesus thought you should know. Tennessee fan, all phenomenal songs. I do think that those ones were the best ones off the album. Everything I love is my jam right now. 
my jam. Um, and I also liked, this wasn't a single, but I liked Tennessee Number. I thought that that was a good one. So Morgan's album, I will give a... B minus. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a B minus, but a B minus almost B like in that range, like 83 or something like that. (sighs) Next Kelsey Ballerini's EP. If you have not listened to Kelsey Ballerini's EP, if you do not know what's going on in Kelsey Ballerini's life, I highly encourage you to pause, go listen to call her daddy when Kelsey Ballerini came on, you don't even have to listen to the whole thing. I think I listened to the first like 15 minutes and that was enough for me. Um, she went, she has been in the media. If you haven't seen, I'm sure you have. She's been in the media a lot because she started dating Chase Stokes. Jealous. Not the point. Um, they're really cute together, but she had just gotten out of a divorce a few months ago with her, ex-husband who was also a country singer and rumors were flying around, things were flying around. You know, he released a song before their divorce was finalized saying like, you blindsided me. Like, I don't know where this came from. How long have you been waiting to take our pictures down? Um, There were like cheating rumors with her and stuff. I like Kelsey Ballerini. I love her music. I think she has a beautiful voice. I saw her when she opened for none other than the Jonas Brothers. And she is a stellar performer. Um, so I was very invested when I heard that she was dating Chase Stokes and stuff about her divorce. So I listened to call her daddy and she, she did exactly what you do when you go on call her daddy. She let it loose. She was completely honest and, and hearing her talk about how bad her relationship was made me really sad for her, you know, and Alex, well, she does a better job talking about it with Alex on the podcast, but paraphrasing here, um, it sucks. Like sometimes you get married and then people change down the line and you're just not married to the same person that you were married to. And yes, I'm a big contender for like, you know, it's marriage is a commitment. You know, you don't just give up on marriage easily. And I don't think she did. From what she explained, she had been battling and staying silent for a very long time. And she did try and fight it and she did try and make it worth it. And it just like the time came where it it had to. And um, making a long story short, the way she explained it was basically, you know, she was giving her all to this relationship. Like if she was the one basically financially funding the relationship. Like if she wanted to see her husband, cause you know, they both tour and do different things. She would book him a flight or she would book herself a flight and she would make the plans and stuff. And like they would get in arguments and she would sleep on the couch and it was just not good. And then he kind of retaliated and was like blaming her for being the one to leave. But she's like, listen, this was over. Like what type of relationship was this? So If you want to know more about it, definitely listen to the podcast, but then listen to the EP. Even if you don't care about Kelsey Ballerini's life per se, listen to the EP. I, for one, can confidently say I've never been in a situation where I've had to get divorced. It's just, you know, I'm, it just hasn't happened for me. 
But this just, it has a way of touching you when you don't have anything to even relate to it. It was, it is a damn good EP. And the thing that I like about it too is it was very Taylor Swift-esque in the songwriting style. And what I mean by that is she was not like, this EP was an EP for a purpose. She's not writing songs so they're poppy and they get on the radio. She was writing lyrics that were her genuine, true thoughts. Very poetic too. Might not be a radio. You know, Taylor Swift's best songs are the ones that aren't on the radio. And these like, these matched that for me and they told a story and made you feel what she was feeling. And I just, I need you guys to listen to it. It was phenomenal. And that like, I have to give that an A plus even the interlude, like, Oh my God, it was so freaking good. I have, I'm, I'm just blown away by it. And just, and now I'm very invested in the situation and her life. So I will be following all, all the Kelsey Ballerini and Chase Stokes drama. So I got a question this week from one of my friends who's getting into weightlifting and all that kind of stuff. And I thought to myself, you know, if somebody that's very, you know, new to this and trying to learn more has a question, it would probably make for a good podcast episode. So I thought that I would sit down and give, give y'all a lesson today on how you how to determine if you're doing the right amount of reps, what is a good rep range for you, and what does training until failure mean? You know, I hear that term a lot, training until failure. And it wasn't until it wasn't until more recently than it should have been that I I really understood what training until failure meant. And I will say it, training until failure takes a lot of discipline. I it's definitely something that I struggle with on my own because when your body feels pain, it wants to stop. It wants to stop. But that doesn't mean you're, that doesn't mean like you're not capable of more. That doesn't mean you're exhausted. It just, your body's like, oh, we're in pain. Let's stop doing this. And I say that to my clients a lot. I have clients where, you know, it's like rep eight and they're like, oh, it hurts. And they go to stop. And I'm like, ah, yeah, it hurts, but keep going. Your body's telling you, oh, I want to stop. I don't like this feeling, but you still have more in you. And that's the whole point of, you know, when they say like, you got to get uncomfy, got to get uncomfy to get comfy. So let's start by talking about reps. How do you know if you are doing the right amount of reps? It has like scientifically been proving that Bodybuilders get the most results when their when their weight, the weight that they're using in each exercise represents about 70% of their one rep maximum. What the hell is a one rep maximum? I will start off by saying you are not always going to t- like you're not going to test every single exercise for your one rep maximum. There there is some guesstimating. You know, I'm not going to go and be like, "Okay, Let's max out bicep curls. What's my one rep maximum? But as you're doing sets and kind of trial and erroring things, which is part of a process, you will get a gauge. Like if I can do 15, 15 pounds for 10 reps, I, I'm sure that I could do 30 pounds for one rep. You know what I mean? In the least. So sometimes it's a little trial and error. And that's why I always suggest to my 
clients, you know, write things down. The app that I use with my clients, they put in the weight that they use during each exercise so we can keep track and make sure we're progressively overloading and using the appropriate weights. But 70% of your one rep maximum is the working weight that you should be at. So how many reps? Now that we figured out what weight we should be using, how many reps should I be doing? For upper body, it's optimal to get in between 8 to 12 repetitions. I want to preface by saying this. Can you gain muscle from using a different rep range? Yes. Yes, you can. They've, I forget the exact numbers, um, but they, I think they said it's somewhere in between either 3 or 5 to 20 reps you can gain muscle. But I'm just talking optimally right now. 8 to 12 reps per set for the upper body, 12 to 15 for the lower body. Why? Why? Like, what's the difference? Why more for the lower body? The, you know what? I actually, I have a passage in front of me that I'm going to read. I think that that will do a better, it's from the new modern encyclopedia of bodybuilding. Why can you do more reputations for the legs than the upper body? Simply because the fall off in strength over the course of a set is slower in legs than it is for upper body. Upper body body muscles just don't have the same endurance as leg muscles. And here is the reason why. So that was from the book, but now I'm going to explain why. The legs, the muscle groups in the legs are composed of more and bigger muscles. They are bigger muscles than the muscle groups in the upper body, which is why we have more muscular endurance. Muscular endurance refers to, you know, how long you can, how long your muscles can go for until they're tired. Same thing with running. You know, think of it as that. Since the muscles are bigger, they can work for longer. Therefore, we should be training them for longer. I think that that's a pretty good way to explain it. So since our leg muscles, let's say the quad, the quadricep itself is, you know, it's pretty large, pretty large group compared to the biceps and the triceps, but the quadricep itself is composed of four, four different muscles. There's four parts to the quadricep. So my quadriceps can handle more reps and have greater muscular endurance than my biceps, which the bicep muscles itself are smaller and they're only composed of two different muscles. Does that make sense? So because they're bigger, they last longer and handle more. And I think that that's a pretty easy way of explaining it. I don't want to elaborate anymore and and, and end up confusing you guys, but just remember eight to 12 reps for the upper body and 12 to 15 reps for the lower body. Now, Within those rep range, it's like, okay, the, I just gave you a rep range. How do you know which one to pick? Do I go for eight reps? Do I go for 10 reps? Do I go for 11 reps? And this is where training to failure is, is coming into play. Training to failure is important. I have another passage here I'm going to read. When you are doing reps with weight less than your one rep maximum, All the muscle fibers available don't come into play at once. You use some, they become fatigued, and then the body recruits others to take their place. Continuing a set to failure is a way of demanding that all 
the available fibers are recruited. So what the heck does that mean? Training till failure makes sure that we're using all of the muscle fibers that we should be using. And if we're not training until failure, we could be neglecting some. So let's, uh, let's use the back as an example, or let's use anything as an example. You know, uh, if I am training until failure doing lat pull downs, let's say I'm using all those muscles in my back, but when I'm training till failure, you know, there's going to be a part where the, the lat, the, the latissimus dorsi muscle fibers, I know that was a, that was a big word. The lat muscle fibers are going to get exhausted and other muscles in the back are going to take over. If I'm not training till failure, I'm not giving those other muscle fibers the opportunity to perform. Same thing, and the biceps help too, you know? So does that make sense? If you're training till failure, you are giving all of the muscle fibers a chance to work because when one gets exhausted, when one muscle fiber gets exhausted, your body turns to a different one to help. I hope that that makes sense sense. So what does, so that's why training till failure is important, but what does training until failure look like? When we exercise, when we weight lift, there's oxidation that occurs in our bodies. And what that means is that like there's blood and oxygen that flows to the muscle group. When we stop weightlifting, like when we stop the exercise, or the set, the oxygen leaves and some of the blood leaves. Training until failure basically means you should be going until you can't go anymore. You can't go without a break. You don't want to take breaks during your set because you don't want that oxygen to leave. I'm pointing to my bicep as a, uh, just as a reflex, you know, because I'm thinking about doing curls. And that's why I stress with my clients, you know, they'll want to take a break and on set eight, like just rest for a second before going back. And I'm like, no, let's, we're keeping going. We're going because when you stop that oxidation, that oxygen is leaving the muscle. So I'll be doing curls, you know, and it's going to get painful. Rep eight, it's going to get painful, but I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going. And if I hit 10 reps and I got another one in me, I'm going, I'm going to keep going. And that's what training until failure looks like. It looks like you are continuing the exercise until you physically can't do it without a break or you can't get the full rep in. So I'll be going, going, going. And the next one, it takes everything in me or I can only get the curl up halfway. That's when I know I'm done. And it is a lot easier. I'm not going to lie. A lot easier to train until failure when you see, when you have a training partner with you. Because like I said, in the beginning of this segment, When we feel pain, we think, oh, that's it. I need a break. I can't do anymore. But you have to be disciplined and you have to be honest with yourself. And that's why having a trainer is great or having a training partner is great because it's nice to have someone over that shoulder be like, don't, don't stop. I see you have more in you. And I've found that I have the most effective exercises or exercises, hello, lifts that way. Um, So what should your sets kind of look like, right? I go for four sets. They have proven that four sets is 
pretty standard, like optimal. You could also do like an op- optional fifth set if that first set is a very light warm up for you. First set, warm up with a little bit of lighter weight. Get the opportunity to get the muscles warmed up so you so your 70%, so your capability for the next few sets is greater. So the first set you want to have about 12 to 15 reps at a slightly lighter weight, depending on what it is. For upper body, I'll go for like 12 reps. For lower body, I'll go for like 15 reps for that first set. We take a break. And then for the second set, add on weight and the reps will drop down. So we'll add on weight and now we're working more in between the 10 to 12 repetition range. Third set, add more weight and bring that failure point down to eight to 10 reps. So you should be training until failure, but you want your failure to be around eight to 10 reps now. So pick a weight in that range. Fourth set, maximum strength. Add enough weight that you can get in between that six to eight or eight to 10, depending on what body part it is, range. Your fourth set should be your heaviest, strongest set. That is your working weight. That is your working set. And then optional um, fifth set, people like to do the same thing or some people drop it down and do a little bit of a lighter, like in between that 12 to 15 rep um, range again. And that's that. So that's training till failure. That's how many reps we should be doing and what an ideal cluster of sets for an exercise looks like. And I hope that that was self-explanatory or not self-explanatory, but easy to digest and for you guys to understand because I wish when I started that I had this information or that I didn't know for, uh, for, I didn't wait four years along to learn this piece of information. spoke a little too soon last week when I gave my Outer Banks opinions because things, things have changed. First of all, uh, let's get this one out of the way. I would like to say that I was right about Cleo and Pope and I just, we, we knew that that one was coming. We, we knew where that was going. Um, I would like to formally take back when I said that I saw character development in Topper and that I feel bad for him because he's just a little, little boy in love. Um, yeah, I, I would like to apologize for saying that Topper friggin' sucks and is a spoiled kook. That's the only way to say it. I knew, I, I, I knew that, that, John B. was going to find out about Sarah hooking up with Topper. I didn't think that she was going to straight up tell him um, to his face and try and get, like... She was trying to do the right thing, in my opinion, by being like, I don't want to have any secrets with you. I don't want to try and hide this. I am so sorry. But I don't blame him for being pissed off because she's a cheater. 
Like she's a serial cheater. And that's basically what he says. Like, he's like, I should have known she's a cheater and it's, it's not right. Um, but I liked, (laughs) I liked it because it brought like, it, it reminded me of the, of the first season. Like it brought that kind of vibe back. And he obviously sees her dancing with Topper, gets pissed off. But Topper, that little shit, that little shit says something. I forget what he says. Sends something along the lines of like, yeah, no hard feelings, bro. And he got the ass kicking that he deserved because he is just a shit. Like he is just annoying. And I think that it is, it's obviously all on Sarah for cheating, but you're fucked up if you're hitting on someone or trying to take someone when you know that they're in a relationship like it's a different type of fault and a different type of wrong than what Sarah did but it's fucked up and I don't like Topper for that um and (laughs) he, he he set John B's house on fire and then has the nerve to try and get him arrested I have questions. You know, this season, I thought that this season was great. I thought the ending was great, but it left me with questions and I hope that they get answered in season four. I need repercussions with Topper. That's my number one thing on the agenda. Like, let's not forget that he actually lit John B's house on fire. Let's have have them find out. Let's see him get in trouble for that. Like, I want to revisit that situation And I want Topper to get a swift beating for it. I would like that to happen. Like we kind of ended the season and eh, that slid to the side. I'm interested. I, I need more on that scenario. John B's dad kicked the bucket. And I got to say, pretty glad, pretty glad. I, he's one that I didn't change my opinion on. He's a, abusive emotionally he was a dick and a half to Sarah which listen I get it like Ward tried to kill him but he was a dick and a half to Sarah and then the second that John B was like yeah she figured out the puzzle she found the gold big John's like woohoo you're one of us we love you and it's like dude shut up like you were you were willing to risk her life like minutes ago just because she found you your freaking gold like I think that that was really his whole that was what was most important to him in life and even with like when he was dying and was like I'll see you back home I didn't buy that shit like I I, I didn't buy it you know I'm like yeah he's proud of you and he loves you John B but he loves you because you helped him find like his life's mission and then he completed his life's mission and died you know so that's my th- opinion on that Ward dying. Insane. It's it's insane to me that he's actually dead. Um, I thought that Madeline Klein did phenomenal in that scene. Her reaction and her tears and her screams were so genuine. It, she did she just did phenomenal. I felt for her in that scene. Where I was like, this is like your dad. She hated her dad. He tried to kill her. And that's like a baggage that she has to carry with her for the rest of her life. Like having these problems with her family is enough. It doesn't matter 
Like, she's the type of person, and I kind of resonate with this. It doesn't matter how wrong your parents have done you. It's still your dad at the end of the day. And to see him get shot, especially taking the bullet for you and then his limp body on the ground, that's that's tough. That is more than that girl should handle or, or have to be handling. But that leads me with another question. Like we fast forwarded a few months at the end and we see like, you know, their journeys are not done. They're going to be going on another quest. But what are they doing? Like, are they 18 now? Because they're both orphans. And in season one, John B was 16, I believe. And he was like, like they were like out to get him. Like they're like, yo, you got to go to child services. Like you can't just have no parents. But because this is two years later, I want to believe that they're 18 now, so it doesn't matter. And I know that Ward had left Sarah money and stuff, but I would like a, I would like a little bit more information on how they're functioning. I would like a little age check if we could just throw that in there. I know they said like Pope's going to be leaving for college, so that's what also makes me believe like, oh, they got I have to be 18 now. But that's another thing that I've been wondering. Also, like, what's good with Rafe? You know, like, we got rid of Ward, but what's good with Rafe? He's a, he's sus. He is sus to the core, and he, in my opinion, is more dangerous than Ward because Ward was handicapped. Ward is a sicko. Oh, I, not for one second did I believe that he was going to not do something fucked this season. He's, I, I think I literally, I posted a story when I was watching it. It was like, terminate him already. Like, bye. Like you suck. And then like five minutes later he was terminated. <laughs> so thanks Outer Banks writers for, uh, granting my wishes there, but overall good season. I, I want to take back what I said on topper. My opinions changed. John B and Sarah are in a good place, but like, can we go season four? without her cheating on him. I would love that. Obviously there's going to be relationship drama. There always is. I would just love that. The whole key thing still weird to me. I don't know. I just, I don't see her and JJ lasting. Also, every time she said Jage, I wanted to smack her across the face like badly. Also, what's up with JJ? That's another thing I need to know. Like this man came home and had no parents, no home, What's his deal? What's the deal? I don't know. John B was barely making it on as he was in season one. I need to know their living situation and their money situations. I need to know. That was left unsettled for me. Um, And that's it. That is, those were my main thoughts. Those are the questions that I have. I think John B came back to his senses and he was good old John B like I knew he would be. He stuck up for Sarah. He recognized his dad's behavior. Sarah pulled her shit together, but I still think she has ways to go. And the rest of the gang is just a great old, great old time. You know, I, I freaking love Pope. He's such a good man. I, I think Cleo's a good addition too. And I'm excited to see their adventures next season. I think that the whole Davy Jones locker thing was very intriguing. And I can't wait to see what's in, what's in store for the gang into some questions for the week. We did not do any questions last week, so I have a few for y'all today. Um, I guess I should start with my spiel. I almost just rambled on here without giving my most important 
the most important part. I put up question boxes every single Monday on the Instagram at Confessions of a Gym Rat. You could also DM, email, whatever, comments or questions, and they could be answered that way. So today's first question, what are your favorite bulking foods? Um, when I'm bulking, some of my favorite snacks, actually, I've been loving the one-up muffins and brookies. They're like 250 calories with 17 grams of protein. Delicious. I also switch from the Oikos Triple Zero to the Oikos Pro yogurt, and I'll throw in some granola, some almond butter, more of that kind of stuff. Um, and then meal-wise, I've been kind of experimenting and making meals with more stuff. I want to say stuff in them. Like last week I made coconut crusted chicken with sweet chili sauce, homemade mango salsa over rice. Delicious, but like 700 calories, which is something that I wouldn't eat when I'm cutting since I don't eat that much. That would be like a third of my food for the day. Other favorite bulking foods? Off the top of my head, that's really it. I just eat bigger portions and I put in some stuff like almond butter and nuts and, oh, trail mix. I'm a, ah, ooh, I'm a girl who loves trail mix. I'll tell you that much. Um, that's a favorite bulking food. There we go. How do you balance six days a week in the gym with social life and other goals outside of fitness? So that's basically the, the purpose of my whole podcast. So I talk a lot about it like every episode and I've had specific episodes on it, but in summary and in a short version for the sake of this segment, making a schedule will save your life. I plan out my schedule for every day and I create a routine for myself and it stays the same between week to week, but planning out your day in advance makes everything possible. That is my biggest tip. Next question asks, what is your nationality? My nationality is I am half Italian and half Chinese, which is why I'm learning Italian. Can I say I am Italian? No. Yes. No. Io sono Italiano. I think that's it. Io sono Italiano. But. Io non. Yo non sono di Italy, Italia. There we go. I'm Italian, but I'm not from Itali Italy, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I'm learning. You guys know this. All right. Not a question. Sorry if it's done already, but if, you're, if you've done an episode about fitness competitions. No, I, I haven't, but I think I will do that. Thank you very much. Last question. What are your favorite stretches and do you change them for specific muscle groups? Yes, I do change them for specific muscle groups. I stretch a lot during yoga, but before I go into every workout, I do dynamic warm-up and with some stretches. Off the top of my head, I love um, half pigeons for my hips, or I'll take one leg and ankle and cross it over my other knee and pull in. I actually just posted a reel like last week on Lifts with Liz about favorite hip stretches. For hamstrings, I love doing scoops. I'll get down and do some scoops. For my shoulders, I do shoulder dislocators. So I'll take a band, spread it so it's taut, and I'll circle my arms back and forward to warm up the shoulders. I'll do band pull-aparts for the rear delts. And those are the stretches off the top of my head. But I do have some reels 
up on lists with Liz that go into stretching and stuff, but that's it. Those are the questions for this week. So make sure you ask your questions, look out for them. You can leave them in the reviews and we will answer some more next week. everyone i'm here with a very special guest today i'm here with kayla ellidge how are you today kayla did i say your last name right i didn't even yes surprisingly i feel like some people butcher it but you actually crushed it um i'm so happy to be here thank you for having me of course so i met kayla briefly in la a few weeks ago the whole day was complete madness um but I wanted to have you on the podcast because I feel like we're similar in age um, and you've been able to grow your social media all like a, a lot. And I think it's pretty inspiring. Um, you also just recently, I think, moved away from home with your boyfriend, right? Yeah, actually husband, which is people oh don't know. God. Yeah, right. Um, it's kind of funny because we kind of like to he kind of likes to kind of stay behind the scenes and not really be, you know, uh, part of my social media, which I respect that. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I live in Charleston now. Um, and we love it here. That's awesome. We're so you're from South Carolina though, right? Yeah. So I'm from South Carolina, originally from Greenville, okay. um, which is where I was raised. Um, and then went to Clemson. So really just popped around South Carolina a whole bunch. That's awesome. <laughs> so lived just about everywhere in South Carolina. <laughs> um, and we, we were thinking about going to Miami actually this year, but Charleston is just so special to me for a lot of reasons, which I'm sure we'll get into later, um, just for family reasons and things. And so we just decided to stay, stay, in, stay in South Carolina at least another year. Um, and we're just soaking it up the East coast. That's awesome. I've only been to Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, which is pretty basic. Oh my gosh, you have to come to Char- Charleston's so different. Myrtle I've Beach, heard amazing things. We called Myrtle Beach like Dirty Myrtle. Like, yeah. no offense, it's yeah. great. Grew up going there, yeah. but Charleston is like dreamy. Like, thank Nicholas Sparks. That's yeah. what it always feels like here. Like every day I wake up, I'm like, am I living in a novel? <laughs> and they film, uh, they film Outer Banks there too now. Yeah. It's so casual. Everywhere we go, we just see actors like from that show and we, it's just casual now. Everyone's yeah, all die. the locals are just the inside. Oh yeah. All the locals like, will just go, go out and be like, oh, John B was at, you know, this oh, restaurant my last night. Yeah. I would die. I would die. See, I live so close to New York. I feel like we're always passing like famous people on the sidewalks and oh yeah, but it's never anyone that I, that I like care about. Not See, to- and that's ironic. I think I think uh, here it's just those are the, literally the only people we see. There's like you know because it's not huge for filming or anything around here. Yeah, yeah, no, I just know that they film there because um, I love Outer Banks, and I was just I listening do. to a few interviews with the people and they're they're talking about how it's so weird they're like walking down the sidewalk and people are like John B like is that you yeah it's just casual and it's just like the the feel here everyone's kind of like low-key and chill about it so it's just weird it's weird but it's uh it's super cool just to be like oh he's having waffles at Waffle House right now (laughs) down the street from me (laughs) I I definitely want to see Charleston I like I said I grew up going to Myrtle Beach I actually had a roommate in college who's from Myrtle Beach like born and raised um, and I didn't know Small world. Yeah. Yeah. I went to like one of those like resort, like hotel things or whatever. So I didn't really explore Myrtle beach. And then I 
like began talking to her and stuff when we lived together and she was like yeah Myrtle Beach has a ghetto side like it's (laughs) but but it's also gross I mean like every place has that now right so um so does Charleston you know like yeah there's good parts and there's parts that are still growing but I would definitely say most people that are coming to South Carolina I would definitely say if you're out there listening to this visit Charleston and visit <laughs> Greenville because both of those places are booming right now. Like I think they've made it in like the top 10 places to visit in the United really? States. Yeah. That is awesome. So where this is kind of off topic, but I I'm curious. Um, what is your favorite place that you've traveled? Favorite place. See, yeah. this is crazy because I haven't traveled too often. Um, I recently just started traveling probably the last two years. Uh-huh. Um, Me too. Me too. Yeah, it's like a newer thing for me. So I still have a lot of places I want to go. But from where I've been, which is going to sound crazy, people are like, you're crazy. But I freaking love Miami. I love it. I liked it. it too. I went by myself though. So I need to go and do it with friends. Like I need to oh, do Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I really love it. I think just the sunshine. And I'm very like, all I need is like the beach and working yeah. out. Oh, yeah. And there's so many healthy restaurants. And I know that sounds basic because most people like Miami for partying, though. Yeah. And I don't even party. So it's just funny. <laughs> but I just love it. Like, I just love the atmosphere. I feel like Barbie when I'm there. I can't yeah. explain it. I just no. love it. I totally I did the same thing. I went by myself because I had a work trip. So I just extended for a few days. I just checked out gyms. I went to restaurants by myself. I sat on the beach. It was perfect. Anywhere you put me by the water, I'm fine. Oh, same. That's what I've realized. I'm like, okay, just bring me, as long as I travel somewhere further south or, you know, towards warmth, I'm good. But as soon as I start going to like where it's a little colder, I really, I'm a little weenie because I'm from (laughs) South Carolina. So I really can't deal with cold weather at all. Like New York was hard for me this winter. I went and it's beautiful. But I just, I was so cold the whole time. Oh, oh yeah. Have you ever <laughs> been to Jersey? No, I have not. I have a feeling I would not thrive. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. If you're ever going to come, I wouldn't come now. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> During the Noted. summer, it's fun. I mean, we have like the whole Jersey Shore and like the beach yeah. and all the bars down there and stuff. And it gets like, like this summer, it was like 90 every day. See, I love that. I'm yeah. about that. See, Charleston, how, how, like, what's the temperature there now? Um, so it has actually been a really weird winter. It's normally at this time of year, it's normally like low twenties and we've had like one or two snowstorms. We've had nothing so far. So it's like 40 degrees now at nine o'clock in the morning, but it'll warm up to like 55 today. Okay. Okay. Not normal, but I'm taking it. (laughs) I would take it. You're going to hate me, but guess how warm it is here today. It's going to be 80. 85. Oh my God. 85 <laughs> degrees. 85. I'm literally going to rearrange my entire schedule and, and go to the beach, I think. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm, <laughs> di- I'm, like, I'm dying to get, it. I'm going back to LA in like two weeks and I'm like, oh God, I hope it's at least <gasps> so fun because I need to be in, in the sand. I can't. Yeah. What are you doing there? Um, so I'm going, my cousin, uh, she wanted to go somewhere for spring break and she saw that I was there and was like, oh, like you went without me. Like, you know, I want to go so bad. So I was like, oh, let's go back. So I'm staying for a few days with her. We're going to see some family out there. Going to like a Lakers game because they're playing the Knicks, ironically. Oh, wow. I know. And then I'm, I'm she- not a sports girl, but that's a big game, right? It, well, it's okay. like we're from like, like I like New York teams because I'm from. Yeah. Japan, so I like, I don't know. How I feel perfect. Like games are fun. Lakers are good. They're not that great right now, but. 
I don't know. I was like, I'll see LeBron and they're playing my, like, my heck yeah. It'll be yeah. Fun. So fun. I love that for you. That's going to be a blast. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. She's going, she's going to go home and I'm going to stay and check out some more gyms and just do my thing. I love that. I feel like me and you are so similar when, when it comes to that, like yeah. I'm down to travel by myself and just explore. We're like, at the age the where it's like, not everyone's going to be down to go with you or do the things you want to do. So just do it by yourself. Exactly. And we have so much freedom. We're very blessed. I feel like with both of our yeah. professions that it's like, okay, we might as well take advantage of it. Yes. Yes. I, um, for my full-time job, one of our partners is actually down in Greenville and they keep saying like, oh, you got to come, like you got to schedule a visit or whatever. And I'm like, someone make it happen. I okay. want to go down. I'll make it happen. I'll host and I'll have a, a group of us can come because I know a few other my I friends. I love that. They've Once been wanting to come too. Home. So yeah, I'll, I'll host. I'll put together a little something, something. That would be so much fun. How was, how was your moving process? I saw you with all your boxes. Yeah, it was great. So we're still living in, we have a few rental properties, but we actually like live, live just in an apartment. So the moving process isn't too difficult because we haven't accumulated. It's not like, you know, like a five-story house or anything. Right. right. Um, but I'm just, I loved it actually because I'm very OCD. So it's so satisfying for me to like completely go through everything and reorganize every yeah. single thing I own in my drawers and fridge. So stressful, but in a good way, in a OCD soothing way. <laughs> That's awesome. I know it's probably nice to have your own space too. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 We definitely got, we got a, a bigger place. So like, it's just so nice to have, you know, we can have our own offices yeah. and space to to do our own things. Yeah. Um, when we were just in like a tiny little one bedroom and it was like, okay, we're, we've outgrown this. <laughs> so do you do is, is like coaching and social media and stuff, your full-time profession? Yeah. So I would say the majority of my income is from, you know, like my app online coaching. Uh-huh. Um, I started in person a long time ago. And then as my platform, you know, just kind of grew accidentally, I was like, wait, I think I could reach a lot more people this way. <laughs> so I've really leaned into that. And it's been seriously such a gift and such such a blessing um, that I've been able to serve a lot of people through that from all over. So I do that. I also do some athletic modeling. Nice. Um, yeah, which I which is kind of like a side thing people don't realize, but I do that actually quite often. Um, there's a few companies around here that I work with. Um, and I, yeah, I just love it. I love it. It's just fun. Um yeah. And then, yeah, other than that, just social media, you know how it goes and, yeah. you know, like brand deals, things like that. So I want to ask you, how did you, cause that's something that I've been trying to look into a little bit more. How did you get into athletic modeling? Cause I feel like that's something like I've been trying to break into. I yeah. just don't know where to start. Oh, you would crush it. Um, <laughs> so I kind of stumbled in it. Honestly, it was kind of crazy that I got into that before I got into like fitness. Okay. Like before I was into fitness, fitness, I guess I should say like serious. Um, but I, I had a friend that was growing his photography business, um, or videography, excuse me, business in Greenville. And he, I didn't, he was just reach out to me. was like, Hey, could I, I need you for some shoots. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but he's like, I'll, I'll give you free clothes. (laughs) So the brands wouldn't even pay me. So probably for like, you know, three years, no, not three. I would say probably two years. I did shoots like all the time, just in exchange for clothes and like free things. And it was great. I did like water bottle shoots and cheesy little Mm -hmm. things. Um, but then it kind of, as his business grew, you know, he got more serious clients that, you know, were willing to pay. And my experience kind of grew alongside that. And then it really just flourished into like, Oh, 
I have a heck of a resume now. So I've done work with like, do you even, and like just a ton of brands that I'm, I'm very grateful. Um, and I, it's just something I love to do. Yeah, no, that is so awesome. Okay. That makes me feel better because I'm at the same place right now. I've been doing some like modeling on the side for one of my friends who has like a photography and videography business. Yes. And then uh, that made me realize like, oh, this is a lot of fun. And I feel like I'm at it. So I want to experience my my advice to anybody who I get a lot of DMs of girls asking like how did you get into that how did you get in that and yeah. I really stumbled in it but my advice is just to literally be willing to trade like at the beginning offer them value and they'll offer you value back and then you make those connections early on and then when both of you grow you can grow together yeah. um, and then you have that person in your corner you know and it's really cool now because it's like he's working with really big brands I'm working with some decently big brands and you know we just kind of get to like network together and, and bring all of our people that we've met together. And um, yeah, just being willing to do things for free at first. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand. And I get a lot of, I'm sure you got the same questions of people being like, oh, how did you grow this and grow that and blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of people don't realize when you're starting off before you build your credibility, you need to be willing to, you know, offer yourself up for free trade things without like actually yep. changing money because 100 percent to build your worth before you're able to charge X amount of dollars for your service, you know, Oh, a hundred percent. And you can value yourself still like through doing right. that, but it's just like, okay, what can I offer? That's not financial right now, you know, right. and vice versa. Yeah, no, I've totally, I think that that's helped me a lot. And then it's like you said, it's like you build relationships that way. And then you have somebody in your corner and they have somebody in their corner and mm-hmm. you, you yeah, friends that way too. Make exactly. Them- exactly. <laughs> the, the relationship always comes first. Um, my, that's what I've learned in life so far is just value those relationships and pour into relationships and people. And then the finance part of it will always follow, yes. you know? Yes. I think that we're also extremely blessed to be like the age that we are in, in the year that it is. Cause we're able to yes use our full potential, you know, online. And then at the same time, like I've made so many friends, like you and I are talking because we connected online and found yes. out going to the same place at the same time. And then it's like, we're able, everyone's able to make friends that are truly similar to them, not just basically yes. plop down next to. I was, I was literally thinking about that yesterday because I was like, how crazy that when I was like graduating high school, I remember everyone saying like, you know, say bye to your friends. Like you just don't meet friends like this when you, you know, when yeah. you leave, I have met so many beautiful, amazing people, traveled places all through social media. And I know there's like an ick side of it. Oh, like, no. yes, there's like the toxic part of it, but also there's a really beautiful part of it. Um, and I've met so many great friends and I'm like, those people were liars because I have met more friends now since graduating high school than, you know, when I was in it. Me too. I feel the exact same way. Even like after leaving college too, I still have my college friends, but I've been going back to like traveling on our own and having that freedom. I've been able to actually like get myself there to meet so many of these people that I talk to online. And then it's like yes. furthers the connection. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just us being willing to put ourselves out there too. Like you and I both traveled by ourselves yeah. across the, the freaking country to go to <laughs> zoo culture because we knew we could meet our friends in real life, you know, and that's important because we value that. So I think if, as long as you're willing to like take those extra steps and get uncomfy a little bit, I mean, so worth it. It's so worth it. You can meet so many people. 
Yeah. So how did you, how did, what did you think of the event? I was so, I was like, I loved it, but I was like, holy crap, what did I just show up to? Yeah. Yeah. When I first showed up, I was like, is this an eighth grade dance? It felt <laughs> like it was like sweaty, smelled like BO and like <laughs> nasty fart. Um, but, uh, but it was definitely worth it. Like it was so fun for me, it was more of just like meeting everybody like we were talking about. That was so rewarding, so fun, putting faces to name. Um, but also, I think the actual event, I, I mean, you could tell, like they weren't quite ready to be open. No, no. At all. Uh, no, I love them. Love Brad. Love everybody. But yeah, it definitely, you, there were some signs it was not ready to be open. Yeah. Um, but what was cool is that it did provide a space for us to go and meet, you know, um, some other like-minded people which was great but the actual event was a little crazy I, uh, I definitely was like mm, I would have just postponed for like a month probably um a few missing missing parts like the back yeah the organ organization was lacking I feel like they needed an event planner so yeah. which is actually ironically what I went to college for why really? I don't know so they should have hired me and I could have event planned that a little better mm-hmm. uh but yeah, I don't know. It was, it was the event itself was like chaotic and unorganized. I felt bad for people outside that weren't able to yeah. get in yeah. that literally waited outside all day. Um, I felt bad for them. Um, and, it, but, but I will say another huge thing I got from it is I really liked, I don't think I'd ever been in a room with that many quote unquote, uh, famous people or like yeah. Instagram fame. I don't know how yeah. to say that without sounding cringy, but it really was great for me because I was just like, oh, you know, it was like, even I, you know, having a little bit of a following, like still will kind of idolize some people. So when you meet them in real life, you're like, oh, oh yeah. (laughs) They're just a real human. You know, everyone's just sitting, even Brad, I'm like, oh, so by the second day, third day that I was there working out, I mean, I'd just be training by, by Brad, like it was no big deal, you know, which I really liked that aspect of being able to like, kind of see it in person and realize, okay, everyone's just human. Their physique doesn't look that much better than mine. You know, (laughs) it it was a nice, like, um, I don't want to say like a grounding moment, but it kind of made me realize my potential where I was like, I I came back home from the trip and was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm so similar to these people that I've idolized kind of like, yes, to say I'm on Christian Guzman's level. Yes. Oh my gosh. It just made me realize like after the conversations I have that like, I, I'm not maximizing my potential. And like, I really, it, it motivated me to do so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. I would say I left feeling more motivated than ever because yeah. like you said, it's like, we, they are so deserving of their platforms, yes. but it also reminded me of like a spark in me of like, Oh, like I, I could do, it do too. this. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. I will say I went to, um, I went, obviously I went to the zoo culture opening. I've also been down to Alphaly at like the summer shredding event and the energy at zoo culture and the vibe was so much better and it was okay that's interesting because i'm literally going to alpha land next week how ironic for the yeah for the first time but it's not obviously not summer shred or anything right but i'm going to go next week so i will have to report back and let you know if i agree I went, I went during the summer shredding event. So there was, it was crazy packed. And so I literally was talking to Christian at Zoo Culture and he was like, come back, but don't come during uh, summer shredding. Um, and everyone there was more like, it was very ingenuine. Like people were just coming up to you and they're like, you're on social media. Like how many followers do you have? 
And like, oh, well, this, I hate that. yeah, like kind of everyone was also walking around. I think it was because it was like a competition weekend. Like, oh, you feel yourself gosh. getting judged by like everyone there. Yeah. Yep. Culture was just having a good time. Like everyone was yeah. just bouncing off of the walls. Like, oh, yeah, it was like a party. I mean, it was a it party. Was. There, it was. But- people weren't like like when I went to Alpha Lead, I was a little intimidated to talk to people just because yeah. I could feel them judging me. Whereas like I went to Zoo Culture and was like, is that Christian? I'm going to I'm going to go up to him. And, I know and he was just myself. like chilling in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Did you see him? He was like, I was like, holy crap. I had to ta- do like a double it. take. I saw him in a corner. So I was like, all right, let me go up to him. Yeah. It was definitely less intimate. It wasn't intimidating. I would say, which is the environment. Yeah. It was the more like I could approach people and I didn't feel weird. I felt like we were equals. Yeah. I went up to, I I showed up by myself. I went up to everybody and was just like, Hey, what's up? I'm here by myself. Want to hang? Love that. I love it. Um, but yeah, I'll let you know about off the land what I think too, but it's not, not summer shred. So I'll come back and let you know, like, okay. I do want to go. It's different. I want to check out. So I went before Alpha Lamb was open. It's actually funny because I went with my friends and um, one of my friends, her bodybuilding coach is like really good friends with Christian. So they got to go in to the new Alpha Lamb before it was open. And like, I wasn't allowed so, it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Christian was like, oh, did you see Alpha Lamb when you went down? And I was like, no, I wasn't allowed it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, but you were closer than all of the rest of us. So <laughs> Yeah, so I only I've only seen Alpha Lead Gym, so I do want to go back and check out Alpha Lane because it seems like he's doing a really cool. Yeah, no, I'm really excited too, and and I think the main difference is like Brad with Zoo Culture is like an influencer, right? Yeah. So like he's more of just like, I mean, he opened a gym, but he's an influencer that opened a gym. Where yeah. Christian is like a businessman. Yeah, he he's is so brilliant. He is. I would love to comes, sit down with him. And, and yes, like him. when he everything he does is pristine. Yeah. Um, and so there's be. I mean, there's, I'm not. I mean, both of them are great, and what they've built is great, but they're different. So you can't yeah. really compare them, you know. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited to experience the zoo culture side of it, and and a lot of the my business, I feel like in zoo cult, like at zoo, my like influencer side was flourishing and yes. I feel like I'm going to try to really soak in like all the business mind mindset when I go to alpha land and just kind of take it in like he freaking built this from nothing yeah. yeah if you I mean if if it's a good time let me know I'm definitely looking to go back um and maybe we could take a trip one day because I um, yes. Christian yes. like come back but tell me when you're coming back like don't come without telling me and I was like I, can we sit down for yeah can you just like pour it out to me <laughs> yeah brb i'm bringing my notebook yeah really <laughs> i'd record everything he's he's so brilliant i can't oh my gosh yes of course i was talking to him and i was like i i was stumbling over my words i left the conversation and was like why did you like why did you open your mouth like oh, <laughs> it was course. one of those where i was like so starstruck and trying to like play it cool that things oh yeah coming out of my mouth no the first time i the first conversation i had with brad um i was telling him a bit of like my testimony and how it relates to his a little bit but afterwards I was like I blacked out I have no idea I literally like I had no idea what I said but <laughs> I guess it went okay the whole thing my friends were like how was it and I was like good <laughs> yeah like, you're like uh I didn't say but like, you talk to people I'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah you really do just kind of black out at first because you're like is this real yeah. I've waited for this a long time yeah um Okay. So what I'm, I'm very curious. You said you went to school for interior design. 
Uh, was that when you were graduating college, was that something that you were like, okay, like I'm going to start doing this professionally now? Or were you already at the spot where you were like, I'm just going to train and <laughs> that's taken off? No. Okay. No. Okay. This is going to have to have a little backstory, but I trained growing up. I trained very seriously in dance. Okay. Um, I did competitive dancing, traveled, literally was my plan. All my eggs were in one basket to say the least. I was going to do that. I was going to go to LA, pursue commercial work. That was it. When it became time to graduate, my parents basically, you know, gave me an ultimatum. They know it is very hard for a dancer to make it, but they were like, we will pay for you to go to a uh, university, which was such a blessing, yes. you know, so many people have debt. And, and I was like, wow, that's such an opportunity. Yeah. Um, or they're like, or you can go to LA, you know, support yourself and try to, I mean, they would support my dreams, but like, make it by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I was too scared. I was 18. I was like, I can't go across the country. I'm a little oh, South Carolina man. girl. <laughs> <laughs> I have never left. Like I'm terrified. So I just went to, I went to college, not having an idea what I wanted to do. And looking back, I didn't, I didn't need to go, but at the time, I guess I didn't need to go. Uh, cause I don't use my degree. It just hangs on the wall, but I will say I grew as a person. There. Yes. So it wasn't until in college when I didn't have dance every single day of my life that I kind of transferred that love into fitness. Uh -huh. um, I started running and then, you know, slowly got into those little cheesy YouTube videos <laughs> and then weightlifting, you know, it was kind of a process. So me completely losing who I was um, really allowed me to to find who I was meant to be, you know, and find my purpose through fitness, which I'm so glad that happened. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I didn't want to go to college, to uh -huh. be honest. It was more of just like, I felt silly of like, I felt selfish if I didn't take advantage of right. that because so many people would die to be in that position. Right. So I was like, I'll, I'll go <laughs> as right. if it was summer camp, you know? And, <laughs> and I just, I wish now I'm like, God, I wish I would have known I loved fitness and nutrition so much. Cause I would have loved to have gotten, you know, like a degree in something like that, instead right. of me having to get all of my certifications afterwards. But you know what we live and we learn. <laughs> what is college without a few regrets? That's, you what, know? I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think you make a good point too, where it's like a lot of people these days, a lot of people younger than us just want everything to come. And like, they're like, Oh, I could, I don't need this. I don't need that. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think you're a perfect example. It's like, no, you're not technically using your degree. But it was it was baby steps, you know. That's your first time yep. out of the house. Mm -hmm. People, every, when you go to college, it's like I had a high school teacher tell me it's like the junior real world. Yes, yes, for sure. You get that's a, a perfect example. Yeah, yeah and, like, I, and I learned so. you learn who you are, you know, yeah. without your parents, without so like just because unless you're like going for something very specific, right? Engineer, right. nurse, like absolutely. Right. right. But I know some people. I don't think you need college, but I do think that you can grow a lot through it when it comes to social aspects and, you know, just maturity in general. Um, yeah. cause I sure did, but, but if you're out there and you're going to college and you don't know what the heck you're going to do or what you're doing, or you're nervous, cause you don't, you know, what, know what degree to pick, like have some peace knowing that I didn't know I, I was going to pursue fitness until two years after yeah. college. <laughs> a lot of people are like that. My dad's like that. My dad went to school for economics he was like majored in economics and minored in like Chinese or something. 
And then he ended up his whole career. He was a he worked for the prosecutor's office in our county and was a computer crimes investigator and became like a lieutenant and like wrote a a textbook on it and stuff. And he did not go to school for any of that. That was all post-grad education. Oh, my gosh. Also, he sounds like a genius. <laughs> he's he's all right. Gas his ego up too much. But <laughs> he's very hardworking. I love that. No, that must be where you get it from. Thank you. <laughs> no, but it's it's so true, though. A lot of people go to school, get a degree, and they end up doing nothing in their degree. And it's oh, yeah. Unless you're going for something, you know, my mom's on the opposite side of the spectrum. She went to school to be a pharmacist. There's only one route you could take, be a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Which is great. And I love that some people have their their path just like picked and ready to go, but I didn't. And I was flailing around in college, freaking out. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I even here? What am I doing? Got an event planning. I literally chose that because I went to my uh, counselor and was like, what is the easiest? How can I graduate? <laughs> yeah. I literally was like, I need to graduate and get out of here. ASAP. Uh, and so I ended up doing it. It was kind of interesting, but to be honest, I had way too much anxiety for event planning. Um, I worked with a great company for about a year and I, it was like, I was an assistant producer for a fitness festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was then that I realized, okay, I'd rather be on the, the stage, not with the walkie talkie. Yeah. You know, like I'm the same coordinating it all. I want to be the one teaching the classes. And then from then on, I was like, I prayed about it and was like, I just felt really led to just quit, which was scary, but I quit. Sometimes you have to. And you know what? I think that although you're not using your degree right now, I think that there's opportunity for you, you to use the knowledge you gained in that field in the future. I could totally see you like a few years from now, like running your own, like meet and greet event. Yes. You know, what's crazy. Yeah. I actually had, I've had a few in Greenville on my hometown that have been so, so freaking fun. Um, and I definitely use my, my expertise, yeah. you know, it came like, into, you know, play. you're not technically, you know, you don't have a full-time job in that, but you're using it. It's like, I have a marketing yeah. degree, so I use yeah. my marketing skills all the time when I'm on social media. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I have my, I also have, I uh, minored in business too. So nice. the business, you know, tips also help. Um, and I'm definitely using those every day. So it's not a total waste or anything by any means, but I think people just need to know that just expect more than likely you're going to use your degree in, in a different way than you yeah. think. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, not to sound like a giant nerd, but it's cool to be a smart person, you know, when you went to school and you're no, for sure specialized in something, you're really knowledgeable about something. And it's like, it's just a very cool feeling, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And, and, and being able to accomplish, like just knowing that you accomplish something very difficult is, you know, I, I feel like, people kind of like bag on college now. And I'm all about like, I don't think you necessarily need it. Not everyone no. needs it, but it's not a bad. I also, I also don't think it should have such a bad rep. If, if you're proud that you finished, you know, like that's amazing. It is a very uh, big accomplishment, especially exactly. going to school like Clemson. It's like, it's not an easy school to get into. No, not at all. Not at all. And I, and for me, especially because my, my dad passed and he right. actually passed two, two weeks before my college graduation. And oh honestly, the entire reason I went was to make him proud because no one in our family had graduated from a four-year university. So when I see that degree, I see like so much more than a degree. Oh. I'm like, okay, this makes my, this is, this was for my dad, you know? So it, it was worth it. And I do it a hundred times over just for him. Yeah. But um, there's always a mean, like it, it takes a while to realize why things like why you did something for 
a lot of different causes, but it'll always come into clarity, you know, Mm -hmm. always, everything always falls into place. I'm a big, big believer in that. Me too. So I guess that I kind of want to segue then into, cause you kind of hinted at it in the beginning. Why Charleston? Like what's the significance behind Charleston? Obviously. I mean, if I was in South Carolina, it's probably where I would move to too. Yeah. Yeah. The meaning behind it. Yeah. So I, I grew up coming here with my family and my dad and, and I'll mention him just because to be honest, so much of my story revolves around him. Yeah. Um, and the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is because of him, but we grew up coming here for vacations and it was just like the best time of the year. We were just two peas in a pod, like my yeah. best friend. Uh, we loved the ocean. Like we loved it. I cannot explain to you like people that like, like the beach and the people that like feel it, you know, uh, in their bones. And I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. I'm one of those people. And I just, our, some of our best memories were made here. And uh, my dad actually spent his last days here. Oh. He was in a, he was in a boating accident in 2018. Um, and he lost his life suddenly. And my mom, my sister and I, our world was just completely shook. Uh-huh. Um, but with that said, I just feel so close to him here. And so I just, I love to, I would always come back and just kind of like, you know, hang out where we used to hang out. And I felt close to him. And I spoke to Keith and was like, I just feel like we should move there. And he was like, I agree. Um, so that's kind of what ended up pushing us to choose Charleston over anywhere else. Um, and it's just freaking beautiful and amazing yeah. and fun. Great but, town to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Great town. I, I wouldn't need that much persuasion. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I just feel really close to him here. Awesome. And and I, I just feel like God wanted me here. And so I just listened. And I feel like if I go where he he leads, he always blesses me for it. And I, I've definitely kind of re- reaped the rewards, um, I feel like, for listening. So I love it. I love it. Love such living a full here. circle moment for you. Like it's just oh my it's gosh, such a like, sure. ra- like rainbow at the end of the storm. You oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. I, I wouldn't, I always tell people like, I wouldn't, I genuinely wouldn't be where I was if it didn't no. go through what I went through. So, um, God always makes beauty from ashes and uh-huh. I've been, I've literally been in the rubble Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just on the other side and people see when they first come to my page, like, Oh, so fun, giddy, like bright neon colored, you know, <laughs> funky girl. And, and it's great. And I love that. And I, I want them to be like, what joy does she have? Yeah. Like, what does she have that I don't have? And I want them to see my joy. And I've realized like, it's because I want them to also know that like, okay, she's gone through it too. She's yes. not just happy because nothing's happened to her. Like she's had some pretty traumatic experiences happen. Um, and I'm still able to have that joy. And it's uh, honestly every beautiful thing in my business, everything happened because of losing my dad. Uh-huh. And I think that's crazy to be able to say like losing my best friend, there right. was good, good that came from it. But I, I promise there you has like, to be. Otherwise, you're going to be in the rubble forever. Exactly. Sit there. Exactly. And, and he it, and it definitely like. I've just experienced God grow my business and everything because of that, because I wouldn't have gone, I wouldn't have found fitness without that right. moment. Cause I started running and getting super into fitness and heavy hitting it when, you know, just to heal and to take my mind off of things. Um, and then I found the healing power of fitness and was like, Oh, I'm passionate about sharing this with other people. Um, and f- from then on, I mean, I've just been doing what I do. Yeah, no, I, I resonate with that obviously in like a less, 
severe way. But what got me into fitness was um, I was, I, I mean, I was always active my whole life, just like you were. But when my parents were finalizing their divorce, like I was going through a tough time at school too, and it just fell into like a very deep depression. And the only thing that made me feel better was like, I could get out of the house if I went to the gym. Yeah. And the more I went, you're like, I feel really good after yes. exercising and releasing all that bad energy. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. And I think that's, it's just so much beauty and like the healing power of it, as opposed to approaching it with a toxic, like I'm working out because I hate myself yeah. or I hate this about me or my legs or whatever. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. no, I want people to realize like, no, you can work out because you love yourself and because it genuinely can heal you from the inside out. I think it's also a very, I mean, God willing, you're, you're physically able to, it's always, it's very reliable. It's always going to be there. You might not always be able to go into a gym and start like weightlifting, but there's so many forms of exercise that it's always going to be there. Oh my gosh, for sure. If you're in, if you're able, like you said, like what a blessing and a gift and almost silly not to, to take care of, you know, our bodies and the temples that we have, you know, I feel like it's our duty to take care of them. A hundred percent. I love, cause you, you hit the nail on the head. Your page is very bright and cheery. <laughs> You're always on your stories, like just so excited to talk and like share whatever's on your mind. And I think that you serve as a really, really good example just of, Hey, like whatever you're going through, I've probably been through it. Like I literally lost my best friend, but I like, it does really get better if you want to make it better. Yes. And see that that's, that's what I want. That's the goal. Um, and I, I'm always genuine and real and I let my people know if I'm having a bad day or whatever, but, yeah. uh, but my joy is genuine. Like people ask me all the time. I'm like, no, this is genuine. Like I, I can't explain it. I, I want everyone to have what I have. Um, and it just took going through some things and, and realizing like, okay, happiness is so temporary, but yeah. joy is something that's like deep rooted that no one can take away from you. Um, and I just want to share that with everybody. So I, I love bright colors. I literally was like, I don't know why I'm wearing neutrals all the time. I love bright colors. I love sunshine. I love being obnoxiously happy, you know? So that's just kind of become my brand, like cotton candy Barbie. Oh, I love it. I think you're, (laughs) you're like a real life Barbie, like after being (laughs) in person too, seriously, I'm like, well, you also get to be in the sun most of the year Uh, right now. I'm like brunette. I'm pale. So neon pink on me would make me look like a ghost. (laughs) Thank you. That's true. I'm tan year round. So I I, have like the bleach blonde hair and you're tan and (laughs) The neon colors, like it, it would be a disservice if you wore gray and and brown every day. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because my whole closet is just a rainbow of gym clothes. <laughs> I love it. And it's when you pop up on my feed too, I'm like, oh, there she is. Like <laughs> I love it. I love I your outfits are so, so cute. You have like the the when I met you, I was like, I love your sneakers because you had like the lime green pink sneakers. Yes. I just got some new ones, girl. They're oh, like similar, but they're like all colorful. I'm like, who am I? I love it. <laughs> I I think it fits your your personality and your own personal brand that you've you've built up. Oh, for sure. I'm like, I'm running with this now because it makes me happy. It makes other people happy. Some people roast, you know, people are gonna oh, roast. I yeah. I Every, don't care. Everyone has things to say. Every- oh always but the majority like, of them are nice yes yes and the ones that aren't are just like 40 year old men that are just in their basement like 
Mm-hmm. Why are you singing at the gym? I'm like, this is obviously just a joke. I don't yeah. actually go to the gym and like sing Hannah Montana to but everyone. This is just a real. <laughs> like some people just need to laugh. It's like. I know. But you need to chill. The gym is not that serious. <laughs> I know. I'll post things on, on TikTok and stuff and people will be like, why do you think you deserve that? And I'm like, oh my God. First of all, rude. Second, it's a yeah. joke. Like, like people, it's, a joke. it's a joke. You need to laugh. And the ones that get offended, I'm like, ooh. This hit this hit close to home for you. I'm Maybe like, you should do some self investigating. I should strike a nerve. <laughs> yeah, I definitely touched a trigger point. <laughs> yeah, I find that the nastiest people online are the ones that like are dads that have pictures of them and like their children as their profile yes. picture. And I'm like, who is or my, you'll like, click on their profile and it'll be like love others with like yes. a heart emoji. I'm like, love others. Like, you just tore me to pieces. So and so, yeah, like. <laughs> the bible scripture in the bio i'm like oh yeah, i'm like you are not teaching you are not being a light of god right now you are hurting me exactly exactly and you know it's all part of it like we i put myself out there you put yourself out there i'm sure you knew going into it it's just oh yeah i love it those I am, yeah and i i intentionally now i i make content knowing like today uh-huh. i'm gonna post a reel and i'm gonna have a zit patch on guarantee you people are gonna make they have a zit patch on blah, blah. like, like just why do you think, think because i have a zit <laughs> but i'm like i know you're gonna start bickering in the comments and it's gonna boost my engagement yeah, exactly. so i'm gonna post it anyway like i'm smarter i've done the same thing too i've got the little star pimple yeah. patches by the way though um while i have you i ran out of mine and they have not come back in stock what brand do you use because i saw yours yesterday in your store yeah the, okay so those are I just got those from Target. I forget the brand. They're literally called like Starface, but those are the cuter ones. So I'll use those if I am just. I I want the cute ones. I don't want. Yeah. If I'm going in public, I'd rather just own it. It's like, okay, I'm just going to have this sticker on my face, but like, it's so obnoxious. I think I know it's on my face, Um, but I also I love it. The ones, the mighty patch, like hero ones. I think those work the best though for nighttime. Okay. But I'm having skin issues. I'm trying to balance my gut and everything. Like my hormones, everything's been crazy since quitting birth control. So I'm on that whole journey too. Yeah. Oh gosh. I'm not looking forward to that time. And I've heard that the getting off, like, cause your hormones are just so out of whack. Oh my gosh. will hit you. Well, it's been two years and I still don't oh. have a period. <laughs> yeah. It's been a real issue. Cause I went on it when I was little, like not little, but I mean, 18 because right. I, mm-hmm. because I, they prescribed it like Tylenol because I oh, thought yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm like, having oh, acne. Gosh, here you go. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. Like, oh, here, here you go. Yep. And I, they did not tell me that it literally was altering my hormones. Um, so now I'm really, it's been two years and I'm still, still trying to figure things out, but we're getting there slowly, but surely. That's unsettling. But that's, that's also one of those things though, that it'll, you'll look back and it'll, it's like when you have acne in high school, it's like, this is never ending. I've tried everything. And then five years pass and you're like, Oh, my skin's clear. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for because I'm, I'm doing all the things. Yeah. yeah. I know it's being a girl sometimes I'm like, can we like evolve as a species where like acne doesn't happen anymore? Like technology now, like I don't need my period. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I'm like, okay, we have all this technology, but y'all can't figure out how to make my skin clear. Like what on earth? I've got, so I went through high school and I had like, I had pretty good skin and I felt very blessed. Like a lot of my friends struggled with like cystic acne and whatever. And I just, I've had, you know, the occasional like stress pimple or whatever. Same. That was me. Yeah. And then I, 
I guess I was unaware that your hormones like drastically change every like five-ish years or so. Mm-hmm. And it was the summer of 2020. I started getting like cystic acne and I didn't even know what it was. Like just, just acne like I've never seen before so frequently. And now I've been dealing with it like now for the past few years. And, so, and now I'm like, God, I wish I had same, it. Same, but it's weird because it's like, I never had it. So I'm I'm like, I know it has to be a hormone shift or something because and it's not even bad like people I need to do a disclaimer I know some people have it way worse and like I seem like such annoying little petty girl but it it does make you insecure and it hurts you know and and it just it's just frustrating of being like I like to control things I'm a control freak and why can't I control this I'm doing everything I'm I'm eating carrots I am you know I'm the same way. I've been on like antibiotics for it. It's cleared up for a little bit. It comes back, but I think we, I just need to wait it out. Yeah, I think so. And it's weird because there's a whole bunch of us, my friend, Nikki, she's been, she's been going through the trenches with acne. Like, I don't know what is in the air, but whatever it is, is bringing acne. No, it makes (laughs) me feel a little bit better though, that other people like my age are going through it too, because I like when this first started happening to me, I was like, all right, well, everybody went through this in high school and now I'm the one. Yes. Pizza face. Yep. Here I am just uh, a whole adult going through like high school skin issues is what I felt like, but yeah. you're not alone. We're all in it together. So yeah. I'm just trying, I must learn to own it. Just put my stickers on. And we got and- makeup stickers, makeup, you know, it's yeah. just, I'm, I'm feel like I post like, I mean, every time I post and I'm in the gym, I don't have makeup on unless I come from after work. So oh, yeah. I'm point where I'm like, you know what it is what it is. I got a pimple. Yeah. You got a pimple. It happens. Yeah. We all got pimples. We like, got pimples. Yeah. Got dry skin. It's yeah. Crazy. I'm getting to that point too. I think also because like thinking about my brand and what I want to be is like, I want to keep it real too. And like, I'm gonna be honest, like I'm tired of hiding it. Like sometimes yeah. you're just going to see it. Okay. And you can comment on it and you can say something, but I don't really care because I'm human. Yep. I'll put, listen, I put, when I make a story on Instagram, I put a cute little filter on it. Everybody does what. That's yes. Oh yeah. It's not like you want everyone to stare at your pimples, no. but like, I'm not hiding it. It tells yeah. you when we're using a filter. <laughs> I had a heart monitor on a few weeks ago and I was like, listen, I'm, I'm still going to go to gym. I'm still going to post. This is right here on my chest. Just it, <laughs> it, is. it is what it is. Yeah. You got to keep it real. You got to. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I took up so much of your morning. Thank you so much for meeting with me, but I could talk to you all day. No, I know. I just looked at the time and was like, I'll actually sit here and take up her whole day. And then it'll be eight (laughs) o'clock at night. It'll be like, what'd you do with my day? Um, is there anything that you wanted to talk about or, or bring up while I have you on here? Um, Not specifically. I think this was a good little chit chat. It would Mm -hmm. just, just be to, for people just to remember, like we were saying, like, if you're going through it right now, um, there's always, if you, if you're in a valley, it's temporary. Um, yeah. and if you, if you didn't go through the valleys, you wouldn't appreciate the mountaintops. So Agreed. just keep pushing and, and you can find joy through, through pain. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Um, they can both exist at the same time. I, I, I love that message. I talk a lot about mental health, like on my page and on this podcast a lot. And I think that you're just a really good example of like, Hey, if you want to get yourself out of it, you can get yourself out of it. Like there has to be beauty in every situation. Otherwise, like it really is just going to suck. Oh yeah. No, a hundred percent. Been, been, been at the very bottom where I thought like I, 
this this is for another podcast, but like did not want to see another day in yeah. that uh-huh. just to see where my life is now. It's like, wow, like if I can do it, just trust me. You can do and it is if you want advice, DM me because I will gladly help. Um I, I I'm really passionate about having intentional conversations with people. That's awesome. Um, I'm glad yeah. that I was able to have you on. So at least like the people listening have another resource. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, okay, we got a lot of followers on social media, but I'm just Liz and you're just Kayla. And we're just, we're oh just my gosh. that have gone through things that people go through, you know? Oh well, yeah. And I don't, my, my thing every day is like, okay, God gave me this platform and these followers. And if I'm not using it to, to help people, what the heck is it for? I don't want it. You know, I don't care about clout. I really don't. So, um, exactly. yeah, we're and just human beings. I wanted you on. You're such a, you're such a genuine ray of sunshine. And- <laughs> Thank you. The feeling is mutual. Oh. And I can't wait to get you here in the actual I, sunshine. No, please. I was just going to say, I definitely want to see you again in person. And I would love for you to take me around. Yes. Home. Get me Come out. Charleston. Also, let's go to Miami. I love it. I'm there all yes. the time. Cause I, I, I just spontaneously go. <laughs> so, so down. I would love to go down there again and do it right with like a person. <laughs> yep. Let's do it. Let's do it girl. But. I am down. Do you want to tell everybody where they can follow you on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and all that? Yeah. So it's just my name on Instagram, Kayla Elledge. Um, on TikTok, it is my name again, but there's an underscore between Kayla and Elledge. And then my YouTube channel, which is tiny but mighty, it is growing quickly. Um, it's Kick It With K. Um, and Perfect. yeah, I, I've been trying to kind of roll out some long form content. So we're growing on that side of things, but um, I need people to tell me what to post. So Yes. Awesome. <laughs> I will definitely subscribe to you on YouTube because I've seen little snippets and you're just like, I'm sure people have got the gist just by listening to this episode. Like you're, you're just like fun to listen to. You're bubbly and it's like, it brings a good vibe. Well, I'm trying, I try, I try to bring the vibes, but um, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Anytime. All right, guys. So that pretty much wraps it up for this week's episode of Confessions of a Gym Rat. Next week, I will be in LA, so hopefully I will get this episode out on Monday when it is supposed to come out, but if I'm a little late, just bear with me. I'll be busy all weekend. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. St. Patty Day, St. Patty Day, hello, St. Patty's Day is coming up, so get yourself something cute. I've seen Amazon have a lot of cute stuff. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Lifts with Liz. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Confessions of a Gym Rat. And subscribe on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's interview episode, and I'll talk to y'all next week.